Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your host, Daniel Colburn. And I'm pretty sure today's episode is brought to you by... <laughs> Honey Badger. Honey Badger. We stopped keeping track, right? Yep. Like, but they might not even be sponsoring us anymore. I'll check. <laughs> I'll check. <laughs> Before next episode, this I will This is how check. we roll, folks. It's It's the holidays. Nobody can do anything. Yep. Well, it's not the holidays anymore. Holidays are over. Back to work. Nose to the grindstone, Caleb. That's right. You take your nose, you stick it right on the grindstone. There's dignity in all work, Decol. That's correct. Even grindstones. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. sitting right here in front of me, you'll never guess. <gasps> what was that? This, this is someone there to hurt you? My dog's a psychopath. Um, okay. She Phew. never I thought there was an intruder. Barks. She never barks. Except, except when, we when we record a podcast. <laughs> true oh. oh bam whoa someone's reading the manifesto to the listener i'm flashing the communist manifesto in front of mr d because d is communist is that what i am and uh yeah guess where i got that uh was it a christmas gift it was at a five dollar uh, gift, gift from max <laughs> No. Seems like he would be a guy who would have a couple copies laying around. Yeah, you'd think. He's not as well-read as you think. For uh, as intelligent he is, as he is, and is like... He, he comes by it honest. Yep, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. he's actually dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's below average in terms of uh, education. Yeah, well, that's not... He spends he's most of he's his actually days very fishing smart. on the Mississippi. Oh, yeah, Fishississippi. Um... Yeah, we're. I mean, him and I are equally as educated, which is not. So, very good. Um, but yeah, no, I got it at a one of those like white elephant gift exchange things. Oh, nice. Yeah, I stole it. In the nice. spirit of Christmas, do you know? You go to those parties, right? You go to parties with I've those been, things. I've been to them. Yeah, I've okay. been to parties. It's like every party I go to has one of these things. Yeah. Less now. I think there was like within my lifetime there was this arc. No, yeah, of, there was definitely a hot spot in the yeah. late, like late nineties, early two thousands. Now it's not as much, yeah. but both I think both sides of my family still do it. Nope, just the one side. Um, but there's other parties that we go to that do that. But the one side of my family, my mom's side, does it. Yeah, and it is hilarious because, huh? Like years ago, this is debated every year. Highly debated game. They call it the pirate game. And it's sort of a derogatory term because, I mean, there's so many different names for it, but I've never heard the pirate game. I think they made that up to, like, expose the brutality of of stealing gifts. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So for some, I I remember being in this camp because I just jumped on board. My my aunt is, um, oh, uh, she is a humanitarian and Uh she's a deep thinker. Um. So this game just doesn't sit well with her, didn't initially. She's like, why would we be stealing presents from each other on Christmas? We're teaching our children that the spirit of Christmas is stealing gifts? I wept in my first white (laughs) elephant gift exchange. I was like six. There was some like, uh, some, what you know those like, you go to like a Walgreens or something and they'll have those kits of toys it's like a cowboy kit, and it comes with like a belt and a badge and a little cap oh, gun. Sure. Oh, yeah. I don't exactly remember which type of kit it was. It could have been firefighter. It could have been cop. It could have been cowboy. But 
there was one of those kits and it was like whoa that is toys right I mean, there there was a cap gun in it yeah anyway it, i had it like right up to the last trade or something Aww. and then someone swooped it and i ended up with like a hot wheels and i wept oh man because i had lots of hot wheels <laughs> in boy scouts or christian service brigade as you know yeah the csb the csb when i was younger every christmas we would do it and there was yeah. like 20 kids and that was the first i had been exposed to it and i was probably i don't know eight or something and the the ranger or whatever he would do it to its fullest like it would be the purest version of it where every single one is a round where mm-hmm. you can steal and I, I don't know and you can only steal it twice but each round but each round changes when the person when the next person grabs a gift so gotcha. this goes on for hours hours and, of theft and it is brutal as a kid you're like oh yeah you are you get a nerf gun and you are just praying that you don't get that stuck. someone else gets something cooler that <laughs> whatever wants to steal right <laughs> oh man so my family when they got a hold of this later on um a few protested and so i actually tried to devise a game and i wrote a php program to like to generate a yeah, gift exchange yeah to like pick names in a way that basically we, we just try to devise something that optimizes for gift happiness i've done so many of these gifts over that one time i did i like did the reverse where you auction off your gift and people like can trade with their own gift or something. i don't know whatever anyway this year a different uncle protested and he refused to even play it's um, just very angry but what i realized when i was debating this with my aunt because it the, wasn't competitive enough no because what are we teaching our children oh oh steal, so too competitive to steal okay. from each other uh-huh um so i i now stand on the opposite side of the fence and i was debating this with my uh family at the recap of the mm-hmm. other family you know the, the, the subset of the family from the family right, the, party the, the debriefing yeah the debriefing exactly and we're all debating this and i i don't know i just realized that like this is one of those things where you just pick a side you yeah. just pick a side and then you backfill all your reasoning and you uh-huh. decide whether you think it's evil or whether it's fine and my yeah. reasoning was it's a game like it's a zero-sum game have you ever played a zero-sum game before not everybody it's wins fun. that's it's how fun. it goes it's an yeah. economy you need an economy to have fun well not only this but like it's just these types of low stakes scenarios. This is the this is the social good of video games as well. Wow. Right? There it's just these types of low stakes scenarios where we can get all of our violent competitive instincts out, right? And say like, you know, cuz at any given holiday party, someone wants to kill their uncle, right? <laughs> but at every don't have, given holiday party. If you don't have an outlet f- to take out your aggression on your uncle without actual fisticuffs, you might end up with holiday fisticuffs, and that's not something that everyone wants. What are right? fisticuffs? Like, uh, you know, like punches and jabs. Okay, I gotcha. So what I'm saying is, you know, you get all nogged up, and you uh, you get to robbing your uncle. <laughs> that That's like a, a pressure valve that releases some of the steam that might have otherwise led to holiday fisticuffs. That's great. Yeah. It's very true. And it's a it's the reverse. It's a low stakes scenario for like opportun like in our world where we don't have to like basically do anything to survive mm-hmm. besides sit and eat the food that's yeah. in our fridge. We sure. have so little. That's why I love hiking because when you're hiking, there's so many opportunities to like help a brother out. You know, mm. 
like a hundred times a minute. It's like there's opportunities to like sacrifice some water. Um, man, you really have been reading that manifesto, haven't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're all very, you're very uh, from each according to his ability to each according to his need about the hiking. <laughs> well, I don't get what you just said, but mm. uh, but I'm with you. I did read the back of it and I started reading it. Yep. Some yeah. pretty compelling cases. Yeah, you know, I feel like the manifesto, it, it, the manifesto is a good thing in the world, and I'm glad it exists because it fires up many a young 18-year-old. But, you know, it was a pamphlet, you know? Yeah, it's pretty small. That's why and I picked it up. I only read And it's, like, books. intentionally written as, like, uh, propaganda for a specific era. Mm. You know? It's mm-hmm. like, we're trying to get you to do something right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really like a theory that can be applied, I think, well across time. Yeah, there were some people that were upset at the party about it. That it ex- I can I can only imagine. <laughs> My that... cousin who brought it just did it as a joke. He just like got it from college or something. I yeah, don't know. He's, he's, tro- he's trolling the family. Yeah, exactly. But but like someone in, in the crowd assumed that it was someone else and said like they would do that. Yeah. And and like, then it was like they're trying oh, to make no. my son a communist. Yeah, exactly. My um, my large son. <laughs> so that was a little bit bloody. And uh, this is funny because this family's super docile. They're not like <laughs> this, is, this is great. This is I want to go to side. your white elephant. This is not the exchange. Italian side. Wow. Um, but yeah, so they were upset. And then somebody was like, "I've been to a communist country. Like, you do not want to go there." Like, oh, good. <laughs> it got it popped off. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Christmas. How was your Christmas? It was low-key. Um, Charlotte's parents came and stayed at our house, um, which meant that before they came, so got off work the 23rd, they arrived, or sorry, got off work the 19th, 20th? first. Whatever. A couple days before they arrived on the 23rd. Um three days so we had three days to finish all of the half-finished house projects um and we did essentially we got that we got all of them finished enough that you could hide the fact that they weren't finished did you stuff things in a closet or a room some things were stuffed in closets there was no extra room because they were staying in that room so we actually right. had to clean up the room in which we had been stuffing things prior so to them arriving we stuffed it in all the closets yeah and some in the attic the, oh, nice. the house is packed to the gills <laughs> great uh we got stuff falling out of every every door um did you watch the boom of as a kid what the... walking through the woods one day chris and martin saw something strange a little leaping lemur or something ran the way no but that's a great With song Kirk brothers nope no. nope well, they stuff stuff in a closet every... Well, every time, they every episode, they have to get stuff out of a closet. And they uh, open the closet. And it explodes. Exactly. Cool. But yeah, so we, we finished painting. We put the baseboards back on. We... Skibbity-bop, skibbity-bop. You know? Uh-huh. This and that. Um, but yeah, it was cool. We got a... Uh, we had a tree. We did the whole thing. Still have the tree, actually. I haven't taken the tree down. Same. Um, it stays. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Grand old time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Charlotte got me a, uh, like a whole, like, so there's like a Japanese 
inspired hot spring near here that mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go visit, but it's extremely expensive. What's extremely um, expensive? I don't know. Like for anything that you would actually want, like it's more than like 150 bucks or something. Wow. You know? So it's like, all right, you know, That's like crazy. I see you, but like I'm not gonna buy you for like a whole <laughs> you know? day thing type deal. Yeah, it's like well, and yeah, that's okay. the thing. It's like I'm not accustomed to like spas as a concept. Yeah, I'm same. like accustomed to like give me access to this tub and then I'll take care of it from there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, the, my brother lived in Glenwood Springs in Colorado for a while. Yeah, so we I've been to many a hot spring. Yeah, and. They're great and they're cheap. They're like, I mean, it's yeah. not cheap. It's like, but it's like twenty dollars like, admission for indefinite. Yeah, the I one think, here I think is like is like thirty or forty. The okay. like cheap one in yeah. Hot Springs, North Carolina. Got yeah. Right. Um, but uh, this one is different. This is like rock, like n- bubbling out of the rocks, like into a natural pool. Cool. With like some like really artisanal woodworking around. Yeah. You know, and like some little bonsai trees and shit like that. That's awesome. So anyway, I've seen their flyers everywhere. And I've always looked at them and said, this is dope. This reminds me of like the place we used to go skiing in Japan. Sweet. Um, and then I look at the prices. And I'm like, I'm not spending like $180 to go sit in that, that tub. You that know, was 30 or 40. No, no, no that's, the, that's the cheap one. Oh, the cheap one. This is the nice one that I've got. Gotcha. I've never sprung for. Oh, you got a spring. So anyway, so I sprung for it for Christmas. So I have to, oh, I have to, a gift certificate it so I can go, I can go be spotified at some point. That's I don't great. know how to do it. I'm a little bit nervous. And just heal in the healing powers of sulfur water that can infect you and kill you. Are you ever nervous when you like enter a, a type of business that you've never gone to before and you don't know the etiquette? For sure. This is one of those where I'm like. I've never been to because it's technically a spa. Like that's like a yeah. that's their whole vibe. I've never been to one. I don't know how to do it. If it's anything like so, there, there's one in in Glenwood Springs called Iron Mountain Hot Springs. That's mm-hmm. like it's it's the good one. And it's the good one. It they like pipe the water. It's all natural hot spring water, but they pipe it into these different pools, and they're small yeah. like hot tubs, uh-huh. and everyone has its own temperature rating. And they mm-hmm. like rank them so that you can you can go in a like a ninety nine degree one or a hundred and eight, and and it's it's just like that that there's like this cool calming music everywhere coming out of the rock somehow and like mm-hmm. you know it's it is to, it's absolutely beautiful and picture picturesque. I will note that it's it's in the mountains, Colorado, Rocky Mountains, mm-hmm. like high desert. It's beautiful, hot springs right there. There's a river. I think it's the Colorado River that flows right next to it so you're you're in the hot springs and you're just yep. looking over the colorado river at night cool yep. colorado mountain air across from the river is a plaza with a petco and a bright petco sign <laughs> it's the, oh man the, that's a sh- that's a shame the worst you so, gotta imagine that the springs were there before the petco i have to imagine that like, <laughs> oh come on <laughs> Should we move it? We can't move the hot springs. You know what you do there is you do an elaborate system of mirrors. <laughs> or a blanket or something with like a p- painting of mountains. Oh my god! It just blends in with the... Oh, it's so bad. But I'll uh, tell you the etiquette. 
there is oh I yeah mean, it, i don't know everybody's just quiet but you're just like i don't don't go nude and uh everybody's just quiet and you just go in the hot tubs and then you hop around yeah hop around hop okay around. Here, quick story yep my brother and his now wife got engaged mm-hmm. there not at the hot springs but after they got engaged nude we went or to the otherwise what's that nude or otherwise otherwise okay because we were all there otherwise uh-huh. they would be nude otherwise they would have nuded otherwise so <laughs> we we went to the hot springs mm-hmm. and this is just like just our two immediate families after they got engaged and mm-hmm. we're in the hot tub and there's this guy and i just you know strike up a conversation friendly guy how's it going that's ah, going good but he's kind of not leaving the conversation but somehow yeah. it gets out that they just got engaged and they're like uh-huh. kind of holding each other a little bit in the other side of this hot spring pool. He goes, can I sing them a song? And I was Weird. like, oh yeah, <laughs> you can definitely <laughs> sing them a song. <laughs> so he's an Elvis impersonator. No way. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Brock, Dia, this guy wants to sing you a song. <laughs> so he sits there, stands there in the hot springs and sings them uh an Elvis song in entirety and stares at Dia like longingly doesn't even look at Brock and Weird. is like singing this to Dia and then he goes uh would you like a another song pick another song and they're like oh, no. uh okay and then they picked another song and he sang it in entirety it was painful I just Ooh. wanted to tell you that because that was funny yeah that's man so, so as far as that goes a, you gotta watch there's out a delicate there. art to like icing someone out politely <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm talking about oh yeah where you're like listen i'm not trying to like tell you to get lost but i'm trying to give you all the signals that i'd like you to get lost while you yeah. still get to reserve a little bit of dignity you know i'm so bad at that Dude. for some reason my ego just decides that it needs to look as interested as possible even when it's completely disinterested it's funny. So Charlotte's like very a very nice person. Yeah. You know, like unlike me who right. like ultimately if it comes down to it I could just tell you to go you know, just take go. a hike. Take a hike. Um but uh anyway, we've got these neighbors, right? Have we talked about the neighbors on the show, Junebug and Elvis? I don't think so, but I know about them. Junebug and Elvis are our neighbors. They're great. Elvis uh is drunk all the time. Mm. Uh starting before i wake up um and uh anyway there was a while where we were too nice to them too many times in a row okay you know what i'm saying oh i do and then elvis just started showing up at our house uh like (laughs) with a beer already open for charlotte uh and like knocking on the door and like handing charlotte a beer and being like i made this stew and like blah 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 and like do you have you know whatever flour and like but then what would end up happening inevitably is like she would cross the threshold and then she would be in our house for like an hour and a half just like wasted um (laughs) and it's like well welcome to Asheville. this is terrible like you know because like i'm there i was just like you know messing around in the on my computer or whatever or like we were in the middle of a movie you know and then like now there's this drunk lady who just like is in our living room we can't finish our movie like we've got to 
pizza coming, you know? And it's like, when the pizza shows up, oh, and she just, like, brought us stew or something, but the pizza's already on its way. So now she's trying to get us to, like, call them uh, and cancel yeah, the pizza, pizza so the that we can... No, she's trying to get us to cancel this pizza because oh, we wow. have the stew. And we're like, dude, come on. Like, get lost. <laughs> um. Anyway... So we've been we've been working on a subtle campaign of incrementally being less nice to her. Yep. To disencourage her, and uh, she hasn't been over here in like two months. Yeah. So I think we've successfully iced her out. And there was only one time where she asked if we she had done something to offend us. <laughs> and we said no, but then we just kept icing her out. Oh. It's it is a subtle art. Family parties, like so, I I have a knack for being in the conversation with with the guy that people know to avoid. And Ooh, yeah, uh huh. Actually, there. Oh man, there is this. Oh, I probably can't talk about him on here because he I, he he doesn't let's do it. Crazy dude at a uh-huh. lot of my Italian family parties. Crazy uh-huh. dude, like second uh-huh. cousin or something. One of those people who's like literally insane. But like somehow aliens, leads a landing? fairly normal life. What's that? Like aliens and moon landing guy? Everything. You name okay. it. Yep. The latest is Bitcoin. Okay, sure. I just gave his identity away if he listens to this. Sorry, buddy. You're about to be deeply offended. <laughs> just kidding, but really sort of. But I always end up in these conversations with him, and he just talks for hours. And he'll go, he'll, it's insane. He'll go right up in my face, and he'll be like, he'll be like, in my brain, he's like, nobody even knows what goes on inside of my brain. He'll tell me crazy things. Like, he's uh-huh. told me that he can, like, see the future. Huh? <laughs> For real. I, yeah. I, it goes deep. But anyway, so everybody knows, like, I'm going to get stuck with him at the party. So you, have, like, naturally just kind of avoid, like, catching his eye at the next party. And then it becomes sure. obvious. And whatever. Sure. But whatever. Yeah. It's hard. It's tough. It's tough. It's very delicate. Yeah, it's tough Very being a boy. Very delicate. It is. Um, <laughs> what's a... your uh, What's your life oh. these days now that the holidays have passed? Um, you back so, in the saddle? As you can tell by the register of my voice, uh-huh. I did not get much sleep. Um, it's cool. actually interesting. I haven't stayed up all night in a long time, but I went to bed at 9 a.m. this morning. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Dude, you're taking a page out of my book. I know. I felt like you. Did you feel like me? I couldn't go to sleep. And I think it was because either it was a mixture of like caffeine or just general restlessness. Also, just I couldn't stop thinking about programming. Dude, caffeinated restlessness fueled by thinking about programming is like, that's my cocktail. Dude, it's good. I knocked out a pretty sick feature this morning. Oh, yeah. Tag the release documented it. Oh, I bet 7 a.m. Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's what's going on over here. Um, and yeah, that's why my voice is so low and why I'm a little bit goofy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been heavy into Alpine and Livewire. If you mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't been following then I my let the Alpine career for last new year. shit by on WA. It was gangsta gangsta at the top of the list. I played my own shit. It went something like this. Because the boys in the hood are always hard. We got in one little fight and my mom got scared. Yeah. Yep. Can't do it. So um Alpine now has transition hooks. 
Okay. Um, Good. So there's these X transition directives that uh, you can just add your classes to and get mm-hmm. your nice fancy transitions, which are great. That was yeah. a, a request by the WAV man. Uh-huh. Um, and it's something that you've implemented before in Livewire. Yeah. Yep. I think I did so it better this you time. Kind of, yeah, but you know the API. Yeah. At least and all of that. Well, I did a different API. Different so you know how API. Vue offers like... Vue offers the API where you can do a transition uh, component. Mm-hmm. And then on that, you would say name equals fade or something mm-hmm. like that. Or type. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll apply... Do you apply. do like a fade component? No. And then it'll apply fade, enter, active, fade, enter, all those classes. And you have yeah, to yeah. define those classes. Those terrible names. They're horrible. Well, they're horrible names. And it's horrible to define those classes. You know, you're so uh-huh. confused. It's so confusing. Um, so Adam with Tailwind, he has, you know, Tailwind utilities for all his transition stuff, like opacity, scale, transition, speed, uh, mm-hmm. transition type, stuff like that. Um, so I just looked at what he did. Um he was considering using Alpine for something, but this was like the one thing it didn't have. So I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I really should do it. And I try to take any opportunity to like use somebody else's expectation as motivation for me to do something. Cause otherwise I'm just not going to do it on my own. Sure. Um, unless I need it. So, sure. So anyway, I built it. Um, but so this I is the, in on, on a view transition component, you can, there's these directives. You can say like, enter to enter active class or whatever and specify a string of classes to be added at each different phase mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. instead of just like a fade class and it magically adds those magic classes sure so um so that's the api that that alpine has livewire has the other api and the dot fade helper and stuff um but yeah so i did that cool and, and it is really straightforward and i did it well this time like livewire is is fine and it works but this time I like was really careful about each frame, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's all tested. I do some pretty gnarly stuff with request animation frame and mocking it out and keeping like a frame stack. What, what a test environment are you using? Jest. Jest. Jest and... Um, Any weird libraries in there? Yeah. Um, Dom. Jest test Dom. Dom testing library or something. It's Kent Dodd's. Uh, Kent Dodds's library. The popular one is React DOM testing or something, mm-hmm. whatever. But they're they're kind of the same thing. Like they share this core, so cool. But it's actually completely dope. You should see my Dude, test. Dude, Kent Dodds is a magical person. Yeah, he's good. Really doing a lot and I, well. I'm trying to think if I even need it. I might not even need it. He might just give you a few <laughs> helpers that I don't use. But maybe I solely rely on it. What do I know? But Jest comes with JS DOM, which is what gives you the whole, like, all the window API stuff. I don't know. DOM no good, so that's not something I've looked deeply into. Yeah. DOM, DOM, DOM. DOM, DOM, DOM. <laughs> DOM, DOM, DOM. We should talk about JavaScript builds. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So, for Alpine, I've uh-huh. used Laravel Mix uh-huh. because it's so darn simple. Yep. And anything else just seems ridiculous sure. um to have get laravel up what's that have you looked at roll up oh i settled on roll up did you we'll get there though okay laravel <laughs> sorry. mix sorry for jumping the <laughs> yeah, gun why would you do that <laughs> um laravel mix is great right yep it's great it's great if Everyone you want to use it for a package yep 
it doesn't work well yeah there's one tiny little feature you have to add to the webpack config called library target umd universal module whatever d um it's this weird thing that because i don't understand like javascript modules or anything or the different types um i just had to fumble around until i found it one day and then it unlocked like the ability to use laravel mix for javascript packages which is great yep uh however it broke down for some reason i had to bust open webpacks config and it's so gross i hate webpacks so much yeah me too dude can i just say uh you know sean larkin who spoke at uh laricon yeah boy webpack guy yep for a while he was um like watching twitter mentions of webpack oh so like you could subtweet webpack and he would show up in the replies like <laughs> how can we be helpful um and i i went through a phase of just shit talking webpack on twitter <laughs> um yeah. where i was just like dude webpack is awful why is it like this this is terrible like how hard is this really why does this need to be like this it's so and bad. sean would just show up like real subtly and just be like what is it that you don't understand <laughs> you know and i'm like dude it's not any one specific thing it's the fact that it took me four hours to get a basic webpack config for ziggy built like what is wrong with this it is completely heinous. Um, it's I, nonsense. I do hesitate to say, like, I wanted to tweet out how terrible Webpack is, but as a, like a maintainer of a project, I think twice before just like shit talking, you know, because I'm like, there's behind I, every behind every shitty project is a is a person. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. Who's behind rooting every for shitty, it? Behind, but in this case, like behind this shitty project are like a ton of people funded by large corporations. I and know. The this is one gets, of the fundamental the projects more... of programming, and this is the biggest barrier to entry to JavaScript for all people. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's so like, bad. screw this, fuck it. If we can replace it with Rollup, then I'm happy to see it die. Absolutely. Die Webpack. Let it die. Die Webpack. Die. Rollup is baller. It's so cool. Everyone use Rollup. Everyone use Rollup, it, including me, even though I'm not on Ziggy, but I almost did. There was a PR for it, but it made my bundle bigger, and so I didn't end up doing it. That's the thing. You need to add Uglify or Terser um, to get it your bundle size that. down. To do any of the, the good stuff that gets bundle size. It wasn't sizes. just that, though. There sure? was something else. Like tree yep. shaking? Something else. We didn't. We never Babble figured out exactly helpers. what it was. Whatever it was. It's Babel Runtime Helpers. The bundle was like double the size. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Babel Runtime Helpers. So yeah, and it, well that's the it's other thing. Still an aspiration of mine. Babel to... is a giant mystery. Mm-hmm. Like that makes all of this even harder. Yeah. Like I think Webpack wouldn't be that bad if you didn't have to deal with Babel, Babel. and all the loaders and the horrible syntax. Babel. Oh, do the loaders? Can I just say, like, okay, so in React, it's very common that you import like a SAS file into your component, right? People do this in Vue, too, don't they? No. You could. Okay. I um, it's really common that you'll have, like, you know, uh, menu.js, and that's your menu component. And then you'll have menu.scss in the same folder. And then in menu.js, you'll just do import menu.scss, and then that's all of your styles. 
Gotcha. For your component, right? In view, um, it's generally, people just put that in the script tag of the single file view component. Okay. Or, sorry, the style tag. Gotcha. I mean. Right. Yep. Um, anyway, that's a separate loader. Um, if you want to import JSON, that's a separate loader. Like, anything that you might import, like, they all need different loaders, and it's all crazy. Yep. That's that's all I have. It's just true. a minor loader complaint. Yeah. Rollups config, you can read it, and it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you're a human reading a reading a thing that yeah. makes sense. It's like input file, output, output file, and then plugins. Yep. It's so nice. Um, so I switched to parcel first, because I thought, yep. why not try for the easiest thing? So we had a we had a competing we had competing pull requests at Ziggy. Oh yeah, we had a parcel PR and a rollup PR. Parcel didn't work for some reason. Rollup doubled the bundle size. I think parcel would be dope for an application, like if yeah. I was working on an app, because it just like does this crazy magic where it, you just give it an HTML file and it finds all the script dependencies and does whatever it needs to do. Nonsense. Which is ridiculous and i have no idea how it does it which is confusing actually and i think i'd rather it just point it to a javascript file and then mm-hmm. reference that javascript file specifically but i respect the effort um and the whole like concept of role or parcel like the docs have a bunch of emojis i just like it it's like mm-hmm. they're barking up my tree like they're sure yeah <laughs> that could be like a sexual innuendo uh-huh. uh, slide down my rain barrel <laughs> bark up my tree <laughs> and we'll be jolly friends forevermore so parcel no bueno for what i needed i needed uh-uh. more control so i got roll up working in all of like two minutes and that was great but then i tweeted that out and people were like oh taylor was like so I actually use micro bundle and I'm like, you know, like anything in JavaScript, I'm like, Ooh, another thing. Like maybe it was actually micro bundle, not parcel. It's probably micro That was bundle. our third option. Okay. So I excitedly pulled down micro bundle and it is killer. It really is. Basically it's a wrapper on roll up with tons of good defaults. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bundle size shrunk in half magically. Ooh. It's like the smallest you're going to get your bundle size out of the box with any tool. It's really good. Hmm. Um, it really is phenomenal, but I'm trying to remember what the but was. Oh, my debugger statements. You know, like a debugger statement in JavaScript? Yes. They weren't ending up in my my builds for some reason. They were getting stripped out. Yeah. So I ended Nonsense. up switching back to rollup. Then I dug down deep and figured out it's uglify. It's an uglify setting called drop debugger mm. that you can set to false. Anyway, but I'm happy on, on rollup now because I have anyway. more fine-tuned control. I like it. Nice. It's so nice. nice. It builds fast. Alpine's like three kilobytes. Mm. It's so nice. Let the Alpine play. Yeah. So so that's my story. But building is ridiculous. JavaScript is ridiculous. Try to figure out like your module type of any of these build tools. UMD, CommonJS, AMD, uh, IIF something, uh, Node. What do these mean? Someone, please tell me. No one knows. No one cares. No one knows. And they're all subtly different, and you don't understand why. It's this, like dumb. Oh, man. Why JavaScript In that it's no, no good. good. It is also no good. Yes. You know what? Okay, Caleb. You know what a role I think that might be good for us? You know, I've been trying to figure out, like... 
your place in you this know, world. What's, what is my career? You know? And you, you're clearly figuring that out over there. You know what I think uh, the world should pay us I'm for? I'm a code beggar. No, I think we should just go around and like be the guys who are like... Because, you know, everyone's wondering, are things no good for a reason or are things no good for no reason? Yeah. Right? Many things are no good. True. But some things are no good for reason and other things no good, no reason. I think we should be the people who go figure that out and then get a big red rubber stamp and get to mark things no good, no no reason and then declare an official bounty to fix that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I think someone, someone who cares about the internet, like uh, Tim Berners-Lee or, um, I don't know, DHH. DHH should give us money, right? Just me and you. Give us a, a healthy salary. Yeah. And like a a bounty pool. Yeah. And then me and you should go around the internet. Make it good. Declaring bounties make good. Yeah. You know, because so much no good. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money to get Dom good. (laughs) (laughs) It ain't going to be cheap. (laughs) The no plans to merge browser. Uh, MPTM browser. (laughs) No, uh, Dekel, like, we should start yep. off our future careers right now with a segment mm-hmm. called Why Thing No Good. Why Thing No Good. And first we discover whether it's good no reason or good reasons. Good reasons. So uh, I'll start this off with an easy one. Why stimulus no good? Ooh, I don't know. Oh, don't you hate stimulus? Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, so but it could I, to be me no it's good, just no like, reason. well, or, to me it's like that's that's a fun toy. You know, it's, yeah, it's not even fun. I wouldn't even use it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's not the type of thing I want to do. I got other thing I want to do. You know, not yeah. that thing. Okay, why, um, why Webpack no good? Is Webpack no good reasons? No, I think Webpack no good no reason. Well, I really? mean reason. So cause, I think cause is different than like this reason persists today. You know. I think Webpack Webpack no good because like every it supports everything, you know. Yeah, and I don't it's, know. The lo- it's just like this thing that's grown over time, and the whole community uses it, and so everything's gotten PR'd into it, and now it's just like this nonsense. The fundamental problem with Webpack is yeah. when you when building happens in steps, mm-hmm. your brain thinks of it in steps. Gulp mm-hmm. felt completely natural. Any task mm-hmm. runner feels totally natural. Webpack is not linear in its configuration. Sure. And it messes with your brain. Yeah. It doesn't match. It's not intuitive. Your brain doesn't mm-hmm. like to think that way. Its yep. configuration doesn't match its inner workings. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. Maybe its inner workings are as weird as its configuration is, but I don't know. If there was like a Webpack config where you could see an in and out and the places it went before it went out. And that's the thing that Mix has that like made Mix make Webpack good is that it just put a linear layer on top of Webpack. Yeah, so you could say this JavaScript in, this JavaScript, yeah, this JavaScript out. out. Exactly. <laughs> and then version. Yeah. Even though technically you can stick version almost anywhere and it just does it. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's stuff like that where it's like it seems linear because it's. No, right. You're just building a config. But it's not. You right. just like throw stuff in there. Yep. That is true. That is why Mix is nice is because it, it pretends to be linear. Yeah. 
You're like, ooh. It lets, yeah, it lets you believe the lie. There. Yeah, right. Believe ooh, and the then lie I'll, I'll version for this. your oh, own. And then I'll source maps this. Credit cards and apple pies. Credit cards and apple pies. Decal. Yes, sir. Why? Uh, what else is no good? Oh, much. Oh, much no good. <laughs> uh, why PHP no good? um yeah because because not not javascript closures that's the main reason yeah that is a big reason just just passing around lots of closures using them for everything in the javascript way that's how i want to program always yeah i guess i get you, you get accustomed to it you do you're just like ooh, here's a nice little chunk of anonymous code that i can just do anything with yeah yeah it's true i'm gonna I'm not put this s- in an array and then pass that array as an argument and then you that's know, not de- no good to me that's just that. why php no javascript yeah or like why no more functional yeah but i think that's why no good though i think no good because its api is fractured and its parameter orders yeah, are whacked well, so this was the first episode of our podcast does php suck yeah um and I think all of those points still stand, particularly the badly named native functions. Yeah. Just get get real. PHP 8, new year, new me, abandon all of that nonsense. Yep. Like, okay, I don't care that Matt Stauffer already knows the names of all these functions. Right. And, you know, that he's going to tell me, like, the difference between, like, is array key set and is array key exists you know (laughs) whatever whatever the whatever the various uh php 5.6 ways of checking whether something exists before you could use the null coalesce operator Uh, was um like i don't care not important to me um kill all of that history no one wants to know that that's the thing php needs to just just move on yeah, and you know what? Half those people are going to go become Python and Perl developers. Let them go. No one cares about them. Seriously. No one cares. Uh, so PHP you... no good. Um, PHP not hey, good. Hey, is Chrome yeah, no good? But good. But also good. Yeah, PHP's great. PHP great. Let's let's be clear. PHP great. Um, Chrome? No, Chrome good. Well, Chrome no good because ads but chromium good why are people all up on this firefox business uh well they kind of reworked it new ui new everything so like why is it better than chrome though because it's firefox and it's not google okay all right why google no good uh google very bad google very bad. <laughs> because they google. steal and sell yeah. all our data google google nsa um okay why what else no good decal why mac no good oh why mac no good because iphone probably mac great mac great but (laughs) i don't even have a but mac could be better if it weren't for the fact that all of the money has gone to ios for the past 10 years sure there's been no real major improvements to mac os does there need to be yeah i feel like they nailed it 
Mm-mm. What, what do you need improved? So many things. Uh, Sleep-wake functionality, external display, clamshell mode. like All that works perfect for me. Yeah, you're an anomaly, Caleb. It doesn't work well for anyone else. <laughs> huh. I also have a five-year-old MacBook. Six-year-old or something. Yeah, it's it's broken in lots of ways. Um, and it's partly Do you the have hardware. stickers on your laptop, though? Do you have enough for it to be good? Do I have so many? I think that's why mine works so well. I have a, I have two, uh, I have a straight out of Sublime sticker. Got a 20% time sticker. Got a fits and starts sticker. Sweet. Podcast uh, graveyard. Podcast graveyard stickers. Um, I've got, uh, I've got some union stickers from my friend Caleb. Nice. Um, yeah, I've got lots of stickers. Okay. I was just curious. Yep. Got them. I find people without stickers on their laptop tend to have more complaints about their laptop. And yep. they tend to be worse people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Both all all true. True and fair. Decole. Yep. Why? Uh, what else no good? Why I term no good? Uh, window Chrome. And tabs. Tab window Chrome. Not as good as the hyper window Chrome. Gotcha. Okay. That's the only reason. Okay. Other than that, it's good. Okay. Um, why object-oriented programming no good? Eh, I'm fine with it. Why functional programming no good? Uh, confusing. If you do too much object-oriented programming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Why if statement no good? Ugh, so many of them. Hmm. Nesty, nesty, nesty. No good. Why switch case no good? Yeah, I like a good switch case. Me too. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Remember that Michael Dorinda switch case hack? Yeah, dude. By the way, I'm glad that you finally said a full sentence because we kind of did like five minutes there where no one said a full sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I do remember the switch case hack and the just absolute hatred that he got from all of the people who will leave <laughs> yeah. php when we make it good that was funny so the concept listener is that normally you pass a string into a switch case and then the cases are the different like potential values of the string and then the p- path follows that it's like a big if else yeah. he used it like but you, you can pass, pass a like Boolean. An, evalu- an evaluation statement into it and right. then you can do true and false or something like that right what was it it was doesn't it matter true what it was. False? No, no, no. That it was lots lame. of things. No, it was something else. Ah, oh, bummer. I don't... Maybe in the case, there was something. You're like, if is greater than zero, if is less than zero, if equals zero. <sighs> I don't know. It but was yeah, cool, You can though. do all kinds of nonsense like that. Yeah, like, it was cool. Those things just need to be equatable with a triple equals sign. So I was looking into what Uglify does, mm-hmm. and they actually do some pretty wonky stuff with code. Like, they do weird hacky stuff like that to save lines of code. Nice. So they'll, like, they actually, one of them is converting a switch statement to one of those reverse weird switch statements instead of some type of conditional. I don't know. But it's pretty cool. They do lots of weird stuff to make the code work Wild. the same, but be a lot shorter. Wild. Wild. Um... Okay, this has been Why This No Good with Decole. And Caleb. 
true. You were, you were here. I was. Um, Decol, Livewire is fixed now. It's done. You, you finished it. I think it's finished. All right, cool. On to Alpine. Oh, have we talked about um, me being Elon Musk on this podcast? <laughs> we have not. Are you about to start smoking a blunt? Uh, no. Decol. Um, so this that, is that's like, what happened with Elon Musk. He went on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he smoked a blunt. I do. The, yeah, I saw that. And then the Tesla stock price pit, like plummeted. Good for that guy. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk. So I, I, the only thing I mean by this, I think I've yep. talked about this, but whatever. This is not a reflection on what I think of Elon Musk at all, good. because I have no thoughts on him. Um, but I imagine you think Elon Musk no good because that seems to be what. Uh, well, both good and no good. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just remember him saying a while ago, or I remember learning that he said this at, at one point that like, he's like, I just looked at the world and I saw what's wrong with it, like where we need to move forward. And I was like space exploration and electric, you know, like getting off greenhouse gases and uh, something else. Oh, and like solar power. Like mm-hmm. those are the, so I just saw these things. So I created a bunch of companies and doing the things super ambitious, super attractive. So I say that I'm Elon Musk. Cause I look at the world, the Laravel world and I go, okay, We're I don't no want to use view for everything, but I'm not happy here. So my like three pronged approach is like, I want to make live wire because I want mm-hmm. there to be this ability in Laravel. I want to make Alpine because I want to make JavaScript good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want Blade to be great. And yep. so the Livewire thing and the Alpine thing are in my control. I can build those. But the Blade thing was like, oh, I'm going to have to make Blade good. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think. That requires some politics. Right. Exactly. And I tweeted something about how Blade is not good or something or how it could uh-huh. be better. And Taylor, like, replied to me. Uh, he said, what did he say? He said, uh, oh. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, He was like, you know, whatever, open PRs. Yeah, yes, exactly. He's like, can't wait to see those fire PRs or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, you dog. Yeah. Um, Which well, I would be willing if, to if do. If there's one thing I know about Caleb, it's that he always likes to make other people's expectations his motivation. Yes, exactly. That is my Because you don't fixation. want to get dogged on Twitter. You don't want to get dogged on Twitter by by taylor when he says oh can't wait to see those prs and then you're just another guy complaining about laravel not opening a pr yep and i get it i mean i i witness the lack of people opening prs every single day it's ridiculous like nobody does it just a handful of people do it and they're super helpful Mm -hmm. and i thank them but i'm i hesitate to open prs myself because i'm a lazy bastard too sure who wouldn't these days yeah so um so yeah, he messaged me out of the blue and showed me something potentially cool in Blade and we got to talking mm-hmm. and we talked for a long time mm-hmm. and Blade is basically now going to be awesome. Blade good? Blade is going to be good. Whoa. Like it's not, it started out as a minor feature. Uh-huh. Like a pretty major feature, but a minor adjustment, you know? Sure. Like it didn't take much to get there. Um, 
But then it all went crazy when he was like, you know, it would be, he said like, you know, it would be completely bananas crazy and would like make me, I don't know, whatever. He just was like super excited. And he, he's like, if you could do this and he posted it and I was like, oh man, I didn't know that I was allowed to suggest that because you're the one doing the work. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know if you would even consider pulling that into core, but he's gonna, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to say, and I don't want to say what it is and I want to reserve his right to to like keep something to close to his is. chest or something. Um, but I think right. some of the source codes out there, right? Like it's, it's to do with I blade components. Yeah. I don't exactly know what is and isn't out there. It's going to make blade components. Great. I'll just Man, say that. I need to revisit the arguing about writing less JS episode. I'll listen to it over the weekend. Okay. Because that episode was one of our great episodes in terms of listener um, count. No, no. In terms of content. Oh. Um, and there's a point in there where we argue about blade components for a second. Okay. And I want to I I want to see what has happened to blade components, and then I want to see what it was that we suggested because we suggested a couple weird things about blade components that could change, and then we said, eh, save it for another episode. Save it for another episode. This oh, is a whole other episode. Yeah, we did, and we never did the episode. We never did the episode. Well, I'll say that at least based on my conversations with him, everything that we want will be addressed. Not one thing will not be addressed. Blade components will be able to shut this episode off so I can ask you questions. Yeah, I will. Um, so I am legitimately stoked. Like this started out as something that's not that huge of a deal, and by the end of it, I'm like, dude, Taylor, you could you could like make this your Laravel keynote. Like people lose their minds. Maybe not the whole thing, but a good portion of it. Episode is brought to you by Honey Badger. Honey Badger (laughs) is uh, error monitoring and tracking software, and uh, they you install it in your Laravel app or uh, Rails app or Elixir app or JavaScript app or whatever whatever app it is that you're developing. You install it, and when uh, your users are getting five hundreds and not reporting them to you because they're nice. And they think that you don't want to know about the 500s. Uh, you will know about them anyway. And you won't need them to report them to you. And you will discover uh, that your cron jobs are not running. Or you will discover that your route was badly defined. Uh, and that it was matching all of the wrong URLs. Because you put your routes file in the wrong order. Uh, you will discover these things when your users hit them. Not when the first user figures out what your email address is and emails you. And this is what you want in your life. Uh, Honeybadger.io is where you're going to go to get that. Uh, they also they do job monitoring. They do all sorts of stuff. It's a small company made by programmers who think like us and do things the way that we do things. Generally speaking, they have great support. Uh, and you should go to Honeybadger and you should install it on your next uh, web app because you don't want people to have to email you. You don't. And you don't want to have to crack open your log file like a hoo-ha. No one cracking open your log file is so twenty seventeen. Decal. Yeah. On the note of error tracking, this is a good transition plate. Error tracking. Uh a popular competitor <laughs> to Honey Badger. Uh-huh. Uh posted a blog post that I discovered uh-huh. on the internet. Um at some point, I don't know. I searched for yep. it. So here yep. was my hunch. My hunch is that the most popular error in web apps. The types uh-huh. that we build 
is calling blank on undefined, unable to call blank on undefined or whatever. Uh huh. Right? Because sure. if you use eloquent, you hit this all the time. Because if you have a foreign key relation, like if you have user arrow account arrow name, and for some reason account's not there, then it's going to throw this error. It's going to say trying to call name on undefined or null. Yep. Which is the PHP version of property blank on undefined is not a function. Exactly. Or property. <laughs> right. Yeah. So on, in JavaScript, it would be trying to call blank on undefined or trying to access whatever on undefined. In PHP, it's trying to call or access blank on null. Um, yeah. These two errors. These are the errors, right? Like mm-hmm. these are the ones that send shivers down your spine. Any layer. Well, this is why functional programming exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it's the null problem. It is the problem. It is the problem. So I was, um, I think I was debating, of uh, like view versus blade with the Wav man, and mm-hmm. we were our he, his argument to me. So I was like, well, why would everything not just be in blade? Because when you run a PHP unit test, it covers all that stuff. Like, you're just covered. It's going to find that trying to access blank on undefined. Um, But I just said, you just get so much coverage. And he's like, yeah, I don't actually like that. Like, his reasoning is is that, like, if people are just getting extra free coverage, they're going to rely on that as a crutch and not, like, test the data layer well enough. Um, And they might, like, do too much, like, data access inside their blade templates because they're magically covered. Like, it, I could see his point. so and his but so what i said is i just like couldn't give give it up because i feel like i did that and i feel like my apps were still way more flaky so i just had this moment of like reflection and was like wait a minute okay the error that haunts me or the situation that haunts me is when you have a deeply nested view component that relies on some piece of data that you pass into it but it relies on some like nested data in that data and Mm -hmm. somehow it's like secondary enough like you can't test every single piece of data for every single route you can't you won't like right you just don't so this hat like these things happen unless you intend on legitimately asserting against every single potentially used piece of data and making sure that it's anything else more nested is not accessed then you are vulnerable to this problem where something changes in one part of the system and then you only get that calling blank on undefined at runtime in some obscure part of the page that only shows when a user has some odd condition met that you don't have in your seeders and you don't see locally, right? You know what one solution to this is, though? What's that? It's not a full solution, but it's like a pretty good one. What's that? TypeScript. Yeah, so is it? It could be. Is it, though? Because Could be. with, with TypeScript, if you're passing in a JSON payload from mm-hmm. a server, mm-hmm. like users that has mm-hmm. an account and then a name under account, mm-hmm. TypeScript doesn't know at compile time if account's going to be null. I agree. Types, TypeScript is great for protecting against a ton of null errors. But I don't think this... Yeah, you're one, right, you're right, you're right. You're this right. is a runtime error. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Based on your bad backend Based data. on the bad backend data. Exactly. Okay, yep. Carry on. And if you test your whole front end, you have to mock mm-hmm. that data, and that could be good, but your actual you one's could, bad. You can mock it with good data. And yep. unless you fully, deeply contract test every single permutation. It's just this impossibility. So to me, Blade is this superpower that allows me to mm-hmm. get all this free gravy coverage in addition to my to my current testing practices. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, no, that's the problem. And and he he identified with that. He he's he said I forget what he said exactly, but he hasn't like worked in enough like real life big because he, he was like, I haven't I don't really run into that. I'm like, dude, you haven't worked in a big enough view app. Like <laughs> this is a problem that I've run into every single real production view app that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Um so I just had this hunch. So I decided to Google it. Most popular error in JavaScript. And Rollbar, here's where I'm tying it back. Rollbar has a post called the top it was 10 good that we got like a five five minute break in between the ad read and saying the word roll bar good <laughs> oh shoot anyway uh, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay um roll bar roll bar <laughs> roll bar roll bar roll bar go by roll bar <laughs> oh. oh it's I fine i can just hear the wag man right now roll bar is an error tracking service blah 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 blah. Um, Rollbar. Ahaz. <laughs> I hear the music. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. They have a blog post that they title like "Top Ten JavaScript Errors from a Thousand Plus Projects We Analyzed." Uh-huh. I was like, "This is the money," because I bet this mm-hmm. is going to prove my point, and it does. The number one JavaScript error is calling blank on undefined, is mm-hmm. trying to call unknown property or whatever on undefined. The number one JavaScript error. Like I felt in my gut that it was just from like years and of dealing with it. And and the data reflected it, which felt so good. And this is kind of my like proof personally, my own personal like tech, not just hand wavy, like blade better than view, more, more stable. This is an sure, actual sure. like tangible proof that like I just get, I get protected against this error, basically, for the most part. Beautiful. So I thought that was worth mentioning because if you have an error tracking service like Honey Badger, you will see this error all the time. And that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. There you go. What have you been working on, Decole? Uh, I mean, very little because I just got yesterday was my first day back. Um, right during the break, I did a bunch of uh, like pen testing, like uh, war games. Have you ever done any of those? No. Here's what you should do. Go I've to done over like the, is this like the hack like, my app thing or whatever? Yeah, kind of. Go to over the wire and do the first one. It's really fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those games where like you SSH into a server, um, and your goal is to find the, and that's level one. Okay. Uh, and then somewhere in that server, you're going to find the password to level two. And so then you SSH back in with a different username and whatever password you discovered. And then from level two, you can get the password to level three. And it's all, it's all kinds of stuff where it's like, you have this compressed file that has a password, but there's a way to decompress it. If you use some obscure Linux commands, did you Google solutions? Uh, I didn't on the first one, um, and then I Googled people's solutions after I had done them. Gotcha. Uh, and other people had better solutions to them than I did. I don't know how but, people do those things, dude. The first one's really easy, right? Uh, we we did one a while back. Uh, maybe you were here. No. Um, me and Jake did it. I think before Jake worked titan me and jake were doing them but it's really fun um 
you, but yeah, I did some of that over the over the break. I installed Kali in a VM, and I was Sweet. doing some reverse engineering and stuff like that. Sweet. So that was really cool. Um, I'm not good at any of that stuff, but I want to be better at it. Right. So yeah, just uh, playing with InfoSec over the break, and then now back to the uh, back to the programming for a living. I saw a Laracon EU. Oh, I am spinning up Vapor. Oh, uh, really? For yeah, a project? We're putting sauce on Vapor just as a oh, so that we have something on Vapor, so cool. that we have done it and know how to do it. And nice. Taking a lot of notes. Maybe going to turn it into a blog post. Maybe going to turn it into a blog post. Yeah. Not making any promises. Dude, someone tweeted at me and was like, "Where's that React blog post you said you wrote?" I, like, <laughs> I did write it. It's just not reviewed and PR'd and published yet. Oh. <laughs> you gotta but love it's a good in the old pipeline. Feedback loop. That's it's in the pipeline. Yeah. You would find this interesting. I watched a Laracon EU conference talk. Oh, I watched it. You did. The, Isn't it crazy? Every, every way that your app can get hacked. Yes. Yeah, that's Sarah one of those Bine conference talks it. that's rare where you're like, "Whoa, this is I've, new information for everybody." Dude, I've always it. had this thing in my head where I was like, "I should figure out all the ways that your app could get hacked and then write a talk about it." Yeah, but I, I don't know too, all of them, but I felt but like I would be dumb. I would just be like the basic stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I do, I just don't know enough to actually write that talk. Right. But I'm like, I should learn enough to write that talk and then write that talk. But I'm glad someone who actually knows stuff did it. Baller talk. Holy it's cow! Great talk great talk if anybody hasn't seen it go freaking watch this talk it's mind incredible incredible it is incredible um oh man did he talk about uh like blind attacks i don't know this is something i've just been learning about is like blind attacks this is like all of the new vulnerabilities that everyone's finding now are like blind attacks where you upload a payload and then it gets processed later by a cron job okay and so people are finding all of these vulnerabilities in major companies like Uber and stuff in cron jobs. Huh. Um, so like whatever it is, like say maybe it's like a you upload images and then later they optimize all those images. You know, right. they've yeah. got a job that runs yeah, that yeah. optimizes images. Right. Um, so you upload like a badly formed image yep. that you know like exploits a vulnerability in image optim right. or something. Yep. Um, and so... You know, and maybe you send it as an attachment to an email to their support ticket service, you know? Right. And so now that thing gets stored on a server somewhere and then image optim processes it. And then like 10 hours later, you get a shell, you know, yeah. <laughs> or like whatever. It's, it's like, and so these are what they're calling blind exploits now. So it's like, it's stuff where like you send your payload and you don't, you don't instantly know. know whether it worked or not right so you just send tons and tons and tons of payloads and then eventually one of them like pings huh. and you're like oh there you go that's crazy yeah dude it's nuts it's, though yeah it's wild the when he opened that reverse shell mm -hmm. i was Meterpre like yeah this is ridiculous well, basically the moment where i knew this was like next level was when he had that tool what was it called? Like MySQL something? I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That basically, so there's this tool, folks, that you can just throw it a URL of your app and it will test like all the query params. Or you, you test it, you throw it a URL so with Burp the query Suite. params. What's Burp that? Burp Suite does a lot of that. I don't know if that's what he was using. What did you say? Brute Suite? Burp. Burp Suite. No, it was named something else, but okay. basically hits enter 
and it goes through and like tries every single injection known to man for this these query parameters and if it finds anything it like keeps track of it and so you end up running this thing like three times because it learns more every time you run it and by the end of it like you can get you get access to the entire database like crazy and this it was it was a tiny little vulnerability it wasn't it wasn't like something dumb yeah it was reasonable and i was like oh my lanta that's ridiculous yep you you because you think in your head you're like okay this one tiny vulnerability vulnerability for people who don't know the source code and are using this app they'd have you know who's got time for that well of course there's a tool that just figures it out yep (laughs) it's ridiculous wild oh buck wild yeah oh that was cool and that image thing like what was it like find like checking if an image is in a certain path is like a vulnerable php function or something something really simple super simple you can you can like do crazy stuff go watch the talk we'll put it in show yeah go watch the talk um oh i've got to go you gotta go we gotta go this was a good episode it's been it's been a pleasure d cole good talk which is all mine broham oh cannot wait to do this again Mm, we should do this next week why not yeah end every week following absolutely happy holidays to those of you who had them happy holidays from channel four first episode 2020 cue the outro music